Today, welcome to Partakers and our series, Wow Jesus, looking at the life of Jesus as told in the primary documents about him, the four Gospels of the New Testament. Today I want to talk about the Christian disciple and Jesus' temptations. Luke writing in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. In Luke chapter 3 we discover that Jesus had started his public ministry at his baptism, and that he was revealed as God's Son. However, not only was Jesus fully God, he was also fully human. In the other gospel accounts of this event, Matthew, Matthew 4 verse 1, and Mark, Mark 1 verse 12, both tell us that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert. Luke alone tells us that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and that he was led in the Spirit into the desert. Luke's phrasing and terminology makes it clear that Jesus' temptation experiences in the desert were all part of God's plan at the start of Jesus' public ministry in order that the type of Messiah Jesus was would be revealed. And this temptation's event reveals Jesus' perfect and full humanity. Knowing Jesus to be both God and man, Satan starts his plan of attack against him. After 40 days of fasting, prayer and wandering in the desert, Jesus is confronted by Satan. In this event we have three temptations and it reveals the way Christian disciples are to handle temptations when confronted with them. The first temptation, Luke chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. Please note the way Satan starts by saying, So you are the Son of God, as if to say, If you are really who those voices speaking at your baptism say you are, then prove it to me. You must surely be hungry by now. So why don't you turn those little stones into bread, eat them and feed yourself? A paraphrase of Luke 4 verse 3. Satan wanted Jesus to actively disobey God the Father's will by using his own powers for selfish purposes. He also wanted Jesus to doubt God the Father's love and care. Jesus, however, is the beloved Son who always does the will of the Father, John 8 verse 29. And Luke 4 verse 4 shows us that Jesus answered Satan by using scripture appropriately. Man does not live on bread alone, where he quotes Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. This reveals that while physical food is necessary, it is far more important to be sustained by the authority of scripture. For Jesus, instead of relying on his own power to create food, it showed his trust in God the Father to take total care of him. And then there's a second temptation, Luke chapter 4, verse 5 to 8. This is Satan's encouragement for Jesus to engage in false worship and service, challenging him as he does to break the commandment, you shall have no other gods but me, Exodus 20, verse 3. Satan says, it's all yours if you just bow the knee and worship me. 
Of course, Satan is as always telling a deceiving half-truth. Though Satan has great power, John 12 verse 31, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, he has no authority to be able to offer Jesus everything he said he would give. He is also not worthy of worship, as his power is always destructive and leads to wanton disobedience and unfaithfulness. This merely reflects Satan's self-delusion of grandeur. Jesus' reply again is from Scripture. It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Deuteronomy 6 verse 13 Jesus here is saying that he will only serve one master, and that is God the Father. He is also saying that whatever we worship, we also serve. Third temptation, Luke 4, verse 9-13. Here Satan encourages Jesus to take God the Father up on his promised protection. Throw yourself off the top of the temple. If God is faithful and true, God will catch you and protect you as you start off on this ministry of yours. Satan also here quotes scripture in order to make the temptation much more appealing. He quotes Psalm 91 verse 11 to 12. However, this is a misquote because he doesn't add in all your ways. Jesus, however, being always wise, quotes scripture back. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Deuteronomy 6 verse 16. In quoting scripture back, Jesus gives balance to the total expression of God's will and not just part of it. Jesus refused to acquiesce to the lures of Satan and his demands to test God the Father's faithfulness on his own terms. The first temptation is echoed within us when we try to do things in our own strength and power instead of relying on God's power and strength to achieve much more than we can ever hope for or imagine in our own strength. The second temptation is echoed within us from James 1 verse 14 to 15, where desires and lusts lure the Christian disciple into sinning against and disobeying God. The third temptation occurs for us when we test God. Christian disciples who actively disobey God subsequently fall into trouble and then expect God to rescue them are testing God. An example of this can be found in Exodus chapter 17 verse 1 to 7. Jesus emerged from the desert experience, the victor, and went on to continue his ministry. Satan skulked off for it, waiting for his next opportunity. As Christian disciples, we need to be aware of the schemes of Satan and learn to fend him off just as Jesus did in the wilderness and in all subsequent encounters during his earthly ministry. And how does Satan interact and tempt the Christian disciple? He accuses them. Revelation 12, verse 10. He devours their testimony for Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. He endeavours to deceive them. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. He tries to hinder their work. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 18. And how are Christian disciples to respond? We are to recognise his power and deception. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. Ephesians 6 verse 11. You know, to stay with the faith, commands Peter. 1 Peter 5 verse 9. 
Paul says we are to wear the armour of God, the full armour of God. Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 17. We are to resist him openly by submitting to God and he will flee. James 4 verse 7. And lastly, we are not to give him opportunities. Ephesians 4 verse 27. And probably the best way to oppose him is to grow as a Christian disciple and submit all things to God. We must remember that our love for God must always be stronger than our love for the world, as exhibited earlier in Jesus' temptations. If we love somebody, we do not want to hurt that person. When we go against God and we sin, we are hurting our relationship with him. The God we serve and the God we love is a holy God, and he cannot abide any sin, no matter how small or how large we think it is. Therefore, as we grow as Christian disciples, we are to grow more in love with God, and therefore our, our desire to sin grows less. By having faith and trust in God to provide needs and protection and worshipping and serving him alone, the Christian disciple grows in spiritual maturity and will also not succumb to temptation to sin and disobey God. For more to think about, please do read 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 to 13. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend, so that you can pray over any issues together? Question 1. How can these examples, given by Paul, help me not to disobey God? Question 2. In what areas do I think I am standing firm, and do I always recognize the way of escaping temptation? Question 3. What does Jesus' experience of temptation tell me about his humanity and how I too can stand up when tempted? Thank you.